Supercomputing is becoming an essential tool of scientific and medical research. Operating award-winning data centres, KO Data is proud to host Cambridge One, the UK's most powerful supercomputer accelerating health research. With computing power and space available and excellent connectivity to Cambridge and the cloud, KO Data is ideally placed to support advanced computing organisations of all shapes and sizes. Get in touch today at kodata.com slash contact. Welcome to the Cambridge Tech Podcast, talking all things technology from the heart of the UK's tech capital. Here are your hosts, Faye Holland and James Parton. Hi, I'm James. And I'm Faye. So on today's podcast, we're talking to a couple of people from the Cambridge Business Association, or CBA. It's a Cambridge-born institution that started in 2018, and it was actually originally a special interest group that came out of Cambridge Judge Business School. The idea behind it was to create business opportunities for entrepreneurs, investors, and managers throughout the world. It then grew, it was hugely successful, and now runs as a completely separate business operating again throughout the world. 60 senior leaders are running this program. So it's going to be really interesting to hear from a group that are outside the UK, but are very focused at bringing people and and the ideas back to, to Cambridge so that they can learn from it. So today we have Guillermo Ramirez and Pablo Ricciari with us to tell us some more. Welcome, Guillermo and Pablo. Thanks for being with us today. So let's get started with you introducing yourselves. So Guillermo, would you like to go first? Yes, for sure. Thank you so much, Faye and James, for this huge opportunity. I'm Guillermo Ramirez. I'm a Cambridge Business Association president. I'm a Cambridge Judge Business School MBA student back from 2016. And I was the only Latin American person traveling 20 hours once a month for two years to complete my studies there at Cambridge. And that was a revelation for me, uh, being a minority out of 83 managers, the only Latin person representing a continent. And that's a huge commitment in time as well. For sure. And and that changed my life. So that is why we're here today. We would like to discuss with you what are the possibilities with this region down here in LATAM. Brilliant. So let's hold that thought for a minute and let's let Pablo introduce himself. Hello, this is Paolo Riccari. Nice, nice being here. And, and thank you for the opportunity, Faye and James. As Guillermo, I'm also from, from Latin America. I'm Argentinian, living in Chile for the last 10 years. And I joined CBA. I was invited by Guillermo on this beautiful journey here in Latin America to connect business leaders, business owners with the unique ecosystem of the University of Cambridge. So pretty excited to be on this on this journey very proud of what we are doing here in Latin America and excited to what's more to come so Guillermo we've heard mention there about the Cambridge Business Association can you give us a little bit more information about how that came about and what it does 
for sure. This all started back in 2016 when I was doing my studies there. And I realized that being a minority was a huge advantage. So I spoke with the previous dean, Christoph Locke. We had a huge conversation there to have a better representation of the region at the judge business school. So we created this special interest group close for Cambridge students that started operations. We did the first Latin American business summit uh, in order to add value. People from the from Cambridge were coming down here back in 2018. The only problem we had is that Chile, the country that was the host, exploded socially. This was an international news. We had a social turmoil. So after the 300 people that were coming down here on that week, unfortunately, uh, we had an external negative situation that we needed to pull the plug. So everyone was invited. It was huge. But that that seems a major problem was a major opportunity because after that, we grew as a Cambridge uh, society in order to keep engaging more people that wanted to do business or know better people, better connections uh, throughout this amazing community that we have in Brazil, in Mexico, Argentina, and so forth. And now we're operating independently to keep on adding value for executives, for founders and investors. So in a nutshell, uh, James, we are uh, in, on a journey to keep on embracing more people who are not aware of what Cambridge is all about, because maybe you are aware of, but Cambridge is a, an asp aspirational place for Latin people. We are influenced by the United States, so most of the Latin people go to the States. But when we talked about what Cambridge is all about, most of them want to go there, but they think, no, maybe this is not for me. Maybe I, I need to wait a bit more. This is way too high for my, my journey today. So they prefer to go to the States. We are here to change that. Yeah, so, so you're huge facilitators of getting all the different parts of Latin America over to Cambridge, which is, is really exciting. So, so could you tell us a little bit more about how, the, how CBA operates? And I don't know, Pablo, could you start by just telling us a little bit about the peer advisory boards and how you, how you get all of this interface between the different C-levels that are your members? Good, awesome. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful program, actually. Uh, I would like to start by by mentioning that this program, uh, the Peer Advisory Board, uh, the, 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 it's based on the mastermind concept, if you will. This was developed many years ago, and it became a must-have space for CEOs, non-executive director, and founders. Basically, what we do is we invite business leaders to join this unique program where we get 12 members, 10, 12, 14, who are, they, know, they don't compete. There's no conflict of interest. Secondly, it's a confidential space. And thirdly, it's a private group. So they get together once a month to discuss their most relevant business decisions. Because who better than a peer, than a CEO, to advise another CEO who is in their shoes? So this is beautiful. I've been in this ecosystem for over seven years. It profoundly changed the way I manage companies and now having the opportunity to lead this program uh, in Latin America is a privilege, it's an honor. 
So basically, it's a peer-to-peer advisory group of top executives. And Pablo, does that not exist? Did it not exist in LATAM before? No, no, it, it, it exists. There, there are other organizations who are doing this model, but the approach we have at Cambridge Business Association is very unique because we combine the peer-to-peer concept with other benefits. Silicon Fan, the University of Cambridge ecosystem, is quite unique. And what it wasn't so strong was the connection between business owners from Latin America with Silicon Fan and the Cambridge ecosystem. That didn't exist, to be totally honest. And now, well, Guillermo will explain probably in, in a couple of minutes, we are bringing business owners from Latin America to Cambridge. I was there last year, my first time at Cambridge, and honestly, I'm in love. I, I travel to many countries. I live in Manhattan. I live in, I live in many places because of, of, of my work. But I can assure you that Cambridge is quite unique. So we boost the peer-to-peer. We boost with all the ecosystem that Cambridge has to offer for business owners and top executives. That's unique. Mm, interesting. So you, you also kind of organize visits and trips delegations back to Cambridge? Yes. Last year was the first international delegation. We brought 35 people from this region and it was huge. We have an alliance with Cambridge Enterprise, with Idea Space, with Cambridge and, and we collaborate. And it was a major milestone for us because we brought people from everywhere. I mean, you name it, Bolivia, Uruguay, so forth. And it was a crowd that was interested on exploring the opportunities of not just the learning curve, but it was how do I invest in this country? How do I open up a business for whatever I'm doing in my local, in my country? But I use Cambridge as a platform to enter, enter Europe or another market. And this year, we're bringing again a new delegation for the Cambridge Tech Week. We have uh, a very interesting crowd, and it's going to be the international delegation for that uh, amazing week that starts on May the 8th until the 12th. And we are very eager, very excited to be part of that. Well, yeah, I look forward to meeting you there. And I, and I believe there's also a venturing arm to what you do as well in terms of startup creation and investment. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Uh, we are approached by a lot of founders. They are trying to raise capital or to pilot in a new market to attract new customers for sure. And so when we have those kind of situations, we put them in touch because CBA is a business platform, not just knowledge, but it's networking at a gist. So that is why for us, it's important if we get a knock on our doors from a founder, we immediately connect them with the ecosystem, with the institutions that belong to Cambridge that I told you about, or with founders who are being um, incubated an idea space, for instance, we, we coordinate the meetings for them so they can start this mastermind process and get better ideas because of the challenge that uh, they can incorporate. So you're connecting the startup founders to both local investors as well as UK Cambridge investors as well? Yes. Interesting. People in LATAM are trying to raise capital everywhere, of course. Uh, the UK is a known place for them, but when they know that we're collaborating with Oxbridge Capital Partners, with uh, Cambridge Capital, for instance, uh, they, they would like to know more about that because it's an unknown story down here. We are communicating everything that is happening there with this community. Right. That's really interesting. 
Are there any investments that you've made that you can share with us? Yes. I wear two hats. One is the president of CBA. The other one is, is a managing partner of Oxbridge Capital Partners, which is a venture capital firm that started at the Judge Business School, and I represent Latin America. We have done seven investments. Uh, we invest tickets from $1 million to $3 million uh, per round, uh, and we have done seven in the last uh, year or so in different areas. One is in agricultural, in ag tech. We have in, in fintech, of course, and basically, I could say that is SaaS, software as a service, the major trend today, regardless of the field. But I think the magic happens when you are able to connect the dots between the founder or another founder in a complementary industry with an investor or with a Cambridge professor. What happens there is amazing. In a circle of trust, uh, where they can open up and share their challenges we have done that. We have proven it successfully. That is why we, we want to keep on going uh, and doing these things on a regular basis. Let's talk about GrowthWorks. It's the fully funded program that's supporting the leaders of ambitious growth businesses to scale and double their profits and productivity. If you're looking to take your business to the next step, GrowthWorks will support you to plan bigger, scale faster, and stay ahead of the game so you can deliver on both your financial and market share targets. Exclusively for businesses across Cambridgeshire and Peterborough, GrowthWorks is here to help you. Get started and arrange a call with them on www.growthworks.uk. Thank you for the introduction to CBA. I think what I'd like to do is pick your brains a little bit, if I may, about some of the cultural challenges or the differences of doing business in LATAM. Obviously, we're, we're talking Cambridge Tech podcast, so it's a lot of Cambridge-based businesses, but many of them are global in nature, so they will be trading and collaborating um, across the globe. So could you just give us some insights into what happens within the different parts of LATAM, you know, the economy, the business culture, those types of things? For sure. Uh, thank you so much for the question because I teach at a local university a course that is called Doing Business in Latin America for International Students. So I, I say that uh, I can summarize them basically given today's situation because of the Ukraine war, because of the instability. There are basically, I would say, four points or bullet points that I would like to share with the audience so they can get to know what are the challenges today in LATAM as a whole. First of all are the inflation rates. The central banks in LATAM should stay within the range of 3 to 4% of inflation. Today, on average, LATAM has a 15% inflation, regardless of the country. That's a major challenge. So that's related to the second point, which is the depreciation the local currency has against to the dollar. So now the local the currencies have no value compared to what the dollar can acquire. So Argentina, since we've got Pablo here, is a good example for that. In Argentina, it's very hard to buy if you have dollars because, I mean, there is a, a, a taxation over that. So if you would like to do something in Argentina, for instance, you need to think it twice because it's very hard given the conversion rate you have there. The third point, uh, Faye and James, that I think it's important, even though Latin American countries are underdeveloped and we are unstable uh, politically, there is a huge opportunity uh, regarding renewables, energy, 
for instance, lithium, you know that the Andes mountain range has the biggest gas accumulation and lithium accumulation for the batteries and so forth. So there's a huge opportunity if you are in that field in particular to start exploring more what you can do with these countries, especially the ones in the lithium triangle, which is Argentina, Bolivia, and Chile. These uh, three countries have the biggest reservations for lithium. So I would say, I would say that those in a, in a nutshell are the major points uh, of opportunity. If, if you push me a bit, the fifth would be the language. People in Latin America do speak English. Most of us in the schools or in, 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 in the country has a program, every country has it, to empower people so they can become uh, English speakers because they know that English is the international language. So people are trying to have that also in their, in their career path to open up the world. I mean, obviously, LATAM is an enormous continent with with multiple countries, so this might be a difficult question to answer. But what what's generally speaking the level of government support or encouragement for entrepreneurship and startups in the technology space? Are they are they receptive and supportive? Do they invest in this space, or is it really private equity that's driving the market forward? Great point. There are three countries in the world that have this program to power up investments and founders. Uh, one is Israel, the other one is Germany, and the third one is Chile. What is this program all about? If you are an investor and you would like to double your money, there are programs. The name is Corfo in Chile. Corfo is the economy agency of promotion. Uh, if you put $1, the government gives you 2 so now your investment is $3. In our case... If you are a venture capital firm and you would like to put a million dollars, the government you apply to the government program. This does, doesn't belong to a specific government; it's a state policy, and the government gives you two because you are in a line of credit, two to one, as they call it. So now your investment doubles, so you have the possibility of financing startups, technology based, of course, with a local footprint, to keep on adding value to the local community down here. And then, of course, you can take your money out. That's unique. And these three countries that I told you have that opportunity today undergoing. That's really interesting. So, uh, and that obviously is to encourage wealth creation and job creation locally, right? That I guess there's conditions that that, that, that business has to remain local and hire and recruit locally, right? Yes, you need to scale up. You, you need to have a local footprint. You need to be technology-based and that's it. And then you can, if you would like to expand internationally, after you use, for instance, Chile as a platform to penetrate Latin America, you can use that money to grow to the States or to the UK, for instance. But this program is not known from people from Cambridge, for instance. When we exposed this to the Oxbridge Capital Partners, uh, it was uh, a brand new information, even though it's a program that has been in place for the last 10 years. Uh, I don't know what's the issue here. Maybe it's a communicational thing. Uh, that governments need to power it up and share it with the world because it's unique. Uh, and not a lot of investors and founders are using this kind of lines. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I guess uh, a related question, you know, in the UK until fairly recently, there's been challenges with, you know, talent supply and STEM education and, you know, science, maths, technical computer science, coding, etc. Um, what, what's the state of the education system in Latin America around those kinds of fun, foundational subjects for creating technology businesses? Great point. The STEM today is a must. Uh, there are a lot, of, a lot of public policies to promote the STEM uh, 
education because they they realize that the human capital here in Latam as a whole is based on services, the services that we can export abroad. Of course, without taking into account the commodities, right? You know that Latin America is known for the commodities, copper, lithium, so forth, with not a lot of value added. So that is why a lot of uh, countries realize that, and the STEM uh, education is now a must. They are trying to have more engineers, female engineers, more people in, uh, uh, focusing in technology created locally and then to expand abroad. So. Uh, if I can do uh, a comparison with what's happening in the UK, because I travel to the UK twice uh, a year and I'm very connected with the ecosystem in Cambridge, I would say that it's kind of similar. The challenges today, since the world is kind of hyper-connected and flat, everyone is everyone knows one another regardless of your time zone. Um, the challenges are kind of similar, especially if you are in business, because we are trying to use as a benchmark the developed world. That is why everything trespasses to the founders, the CEOs that are here in LATAM. So we're following the trend. We're looking into the future. We, you know maybe already that Latin America is uh, behind the developed world around 15 years to 20 years. So we have an opportunity because of that. You are leading the path of innovation. We are trying to implement it locally and, of course, create value for the developed world too. That kind of covers and gives a, an overview of LATAM. I'm wondering, well, Pablo's here. Is there anything different with Argentina or anything that you want to share? Another point is the politics here in Latin America. I would say that, that we are used to all this political roller coaster, if you will. Probably from, from, from people outside Latin America, they might feel that something very strange or complicated to do in business but you get used to so you find the ways we are entrepreneurs an entrepreneur find the ways to do business so that's that's one point and the second one connected to cambridge or to uk or to the to the english-speaking community for latin american business owners we admire people from cambridge people from the us we respect we grew reading your stories. Basically, uh, for us, when, when someone from, from the UK or from the Cambridge ecosystem gets interested in our businesses, it's an honor and a privilege. So it, it's, it's, a, it's a great timing as well uh, to connect Latin America with Cambridge. Because until the existence of CBA, all Latinos were connected to the US. So U.S. universities, U.S. venture capital, and there are a lot of smart entrepreneurs in Latin America, a lot of unicorns, a lot of people with a lot of studies, with money. So it's a very nice region. It was for many years only connected to the U.S. So, so now that we have CBA, honestly, the feedback that I get from the members that we have is extremely positive. And we are so thrilled with having the opportunity to do in business with the Cambridge ecosystem. That's, that's a really nice segue, I think, to my next question. Well, actually, kind of two questions in one, uh, if you'll allow me. The first question, well, the first part of that question is, um, you know, what kind of success stories uh, are you seeing from the collaboration? Uh, you know, have you got any examples of Cambridge companies that are working down in Latin America now? Um, and the second part of the question is, what, what are your metrics? You know, what's your measurement of success for CBA? What, is, what does that kind of look like? 
I can answer that. Uh, James, thank you for the question. Um, some of the success cases, I would say, are universities. For instance, in this uh, international delegation we got for May, there is a dean from a local university who's going to Cambridge again to have uh, meetings with the decision makers at Cambridge to do international uh, education with this particular university. Last year, we brought uh, family offices who are looking for financing startups based or incubated at Ideaspace. So we had an elevator pitch session at Ideaspace um, uh, in order to have the, the, the separate conversations one-on-one -on -one, uh, with the founders to see what could be done with that. So the opportunities have been very concrete, have been uh, having one-on-one -on -one sessions, investing, and of course, having this opportunity of open up, opening up a channel of education that it wasn't created before with these international trips, for instance. So going to your second questions regarding the KPIs, I think that the first one is impact, of course. I mean, this is not just getting together without uh, any, any potential impact or benefit for any of the both parties. So what we're trying to do is, why are we getting together? Because of fill in the blank. So before the meetings, we know already what's the expectation of both sides to see if we're able to hit that target or not. So for instance, for this international trip on May, People, first of all, would like to see what's happening in the frontier of knowledge created in Cambridge. First of all, update your knowledge. And the second one is networking with peers. Can I have one-on-one -on -one meetings with the decision maker in Samsung, in Coca-Cola, whatever the company is that is going there? So those two KPIs for us are a must, and we are controlling it via conversations we got the, with the community from Cambridge and with our people from CBA, of course. So who's coming over, Guillermo? Who's who's going to be here in Cambridge? And what do we do? We need to make any asks for any meetings, or are you all scheduled? <laughs> we can have that conversation for sure, and maybe you can interview some of these people. So far, we got people who have bought their plane ticket. That's for for us. That's some. I mean, as a must. That's a declaration that they are going and they're staying in two colleges: uh, Selwyn and Grinton's College. The other one is Pembroke. That's the third college. So this crowd, what's the, the profile of them? People on average are, um, I got it here open, they are 45 years of age. They got at least 15 years of expertise. The background or the, their industries are, we got family offices or investment. We got C-level people from engineering companies. Uh, and we got people that are from seven countries. We got Peru, we got China, we got Germany, Chile, of course, Spain, Argentina, and Uruguay. Those are the seven countries that are coming. So it's very diverse, female and male, of course. Most of them are C-levels. Uh, I would say out of the cohort is around 60%. I'm looking here at the stats. And the rest are investors and founders. So the opportunity is huge. If we can mingle this cohort with the people at, at Cambridge, at the Judge Business School, or at uh, Cambridge Wireless, this is gonna be a success for sure. Especially at the coffee breaks. We believe in, on coffee breaks. So the coffee break for us is the opportunity to start networking uh, properly. And that, that's the same here as well. That's when all the networking happens, isn't it? So the sessions are all very good and interesting, but we all like to, to meet each other. 
I mean, that's been really insightful, and and uh, I think people will be surprised to hear that the CBA exists. You know, as you say, you would think that the US would be the natural point of gravitation, which it sounds like it still is. But the work that you guys are doing to change that is is really remarkable, and I think, and uh, you know, I think from a Cambridge Tech podcast perspective, just another interesting addition to the local ecosystem here in terms of diversifying it and becoming more international, which can only be a good thing. This week's news headlines from across Cambridge Tech brought to you in partnership with Business Weekly. First up, Dave Moore has been headhunted as the new CEO of Cambridge semiconductor company Pragmatic. Incumbent Scott White has taken a new board role as executive director as the company scales on both sides of the Atlantic. To learn more about Pragmatic and Scott, listen back to episode one of our podcast. Cambridge and London deep tech business Vivid Q who are working to create game-changing visual experiences through its holographic AR display technology, have appointed an advisory board of California-based industry heavyweights to help management rapidly commercialize its technology in the US and beyond. VividQ is positioned for sustained growth over the coming years as holographic displays become standard components of immersive experiences and devices such as AR and VR gaming headsets, smart glasses, laptops, monitor screens, automotive heads-up displays, and also large format displays. We'll hear more about this in the summer when VividQ join us on the podcast. Cambridge Touch Technologies have completed its move of its UK headquarters to a larger state-of-the-art facility on the Cambridge Science Park. They're working closely with customers around the world on projects spanning consumer electronics, industrial and automotive markets. The team continues to expand, having recently added scientists, engineers, software developers and project managers all aimed at increasing the company's ability to support its growing customer list. And finally, this week we saw the launch of the Chris Abel Postdoc Business Plan Competition, which encourages postdocs within the University of Cambridge to apply for the annual competition. The deadline is the 15th of July, and I'm pleased to announce that Cambridge Tech Podcast will again be covering the final, which is in November. And you can listen back to last year's finalists in episode nine of the show. Today's show was produced by Carl Homer of Cambridge TV and supported by our media partner, Business Weekly. The Cambridge Tech Podcast is available on all major podcast platforms and on cambridgetechpodcast.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please give it a five-star review. It will really help others discover the show. 